Want to have safe kinky sex? Make sure you make your way over to AdamEve.com. Adam and Eve has over 12 million satisfied customers worldwide. Everything from the newest vibrators to classic movies. When you're on AdamEve.com, make sure to enter in the promo code HUSH50. That's H-U-S-H-5-0 to get 50% off almost any one item and free shipping. Do I need to say that again? Free shipping. Make sure you have your kinky safe sex needs satisfied by visiting AdamEve.com. Welcome to Hush, the podcast guaranteed to give you a load of fun. And with that being said, let's slide into the episode. Welcome to volume 51 of Hush. My name is Kim and I have my co-host with me. Chris. And we're here to bring you the shit you love to hear. And tonight we have a very special guest coming all the way from Singapore. We have Mistress Estella. Hi, uh, this is Mistress Estella. I am based in Singapore, which is a very tiny island in Asia. So I I just have a really quick question for you. So have you lived in Singapore all your life? Um, I'm actually um, an immigrant, but uh, I grew up in Singapore, yes. Oh, okay. Very awesome. And so the thing that caught our interest was your website. Uh, being a dominatrix really got our attention. <laughs> we wanted to know what's... Oh, fet- that's... <laughs> <laughs> we, we're curious about all the fetishes that you listed. We actually have a couple of questions later on that we want to get into about that. Uh, mm. The first thing we want to know is what sparked your interest in becoming a dominatrix? Um, I think for me, um, there was probably something lurking deep down since I was uh, quite young because I used to get into a lot of fights and boys all the way in grade school. And uh, I, I would like to, I always like to uh, bully them and incite fear in them. So um, as I grew older, I, um, I always felt like I had to, like I, uh, sometimes I was surprised at uh, some of these tendencies I had. Um, and I think... Uh, you know, being a uh, a dominatrix in a consenting, uh, mature uh, DS relationship, it's a very, uh, it's a much healthier way of expressing some of these tendencies that a lot of girls are taught to uh, keep inside mm-hmm. for the sake of, you know, societal expectations and being feminine. Okay, I see. So as a way to overcome that type of suppression. Okay. So how? Yeah, I feel that actually. Um, sorry, I I, I I do actually feel that many girls, um, do have these kind of uh, feelings, but but they, uh, we are taught the opposite, and and sometimes, uh, you know, it's these uh, feelings that, uh, uh, we suppress them, and then we don't have any avenue to explore them or explore what it really means to us. I definitely agree with that. So I talk about it a lot on the podcast. I grew up in a Catholic background, so we couldn't even talk mm-hmm. about sex. It was something that was I can't taboo. imagine. <laughs> it was definitely taboo, which is why we called the podcast Hush, because it's things that most people were afraid to dive into and talk about openly. So I definitely get mm-hmm. what you're saying. Uh, sexuality was something that we had to be more domesticated in my family than sexual. You had to 
tend to the house, tend to the children, but yet you couldn't show your sexual desire, the fact that you liked being in control of what you yearn for, you know? So how how long have you been a dominatrix? Um, so far in my professional career, about uh, one and a half years by now. Okay. And, and, you know, when you, when you transitioned to it, did you actually have someone like a, like a mentor or someone that you followed that kind of helped ease you into this profession or was it just something that you kind of just went along step by step? Um, definitely. Uh, I had a few mentors along the way. Um, so when I first started, uh, there was, a, uh, I had several very experienced, uh, subs who, uh, guided me along uh, because they come from the other side which I think is very important to understand the submissive mentality uh, that complements the dominant one and along the way I've also made many uh, other dom friends who are very experienced and they have definitely provided me a lot of guidance a lot of technical expertise as well as understanding the whole BDSM relationship and for those listeners of ours that aren't, don't know about that, can you explain the BDSM relationship in your own perspective? Oh, that is um, extremely complex. Someone could probably write quite a few papers and pieces on that. <laughs> but um, like does, I think that... Um, uh, sorry? Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, the Fifty Shades of Grey, how that phenomenon blew up, do you feel like that provides the right perspective into the lifestyle? Or do you feel like it's way more than that? Um, I think it's definitely more, especially, uh, I, I think it's especially complex in a, a female-dominated relationship because um, of, of, of all the uh, bending of, of societal expectations that occurs even more so than in a male-dominated relationship. Um, so I think that it's a, um, it doesn't need to be an inherently sexual relationship, but it does... Um, have that power exchange and honestly the power exchange really depends on the uh, the negotiation between two individuals so no two relationships are like just whether they are vanilla relationships or uh, BDSM relationships and ultimately I, I do feel that um, it is still up to the individual to, to decide what is right for them so uh, definitely some people keep it entirely to fit um, and outside, they just look like any other normal couple. Some may take it to the extreme and, um, you know, they um, still continue all their behaviors outside, uh, in, in, in public, in, um, in front of everyone, and they are very open about it. Um, yeah, so I don't think there's any one defining term or a defining way for a DS relationship, but ultimately it's about whether each party feels that power is being given up and power is being obtained from the other. Okay. Thank you for that definition. That provides a lot of clarity for some of our listeners that don't know anything about the lifestyle. We're actually curious to learn more about that, but we want to know more about you. How was your first experience like as a dominatrix? Um, professionally, it was extremely nerve-wracking. Um, I probably didn't know that well, what I was doing, and looking back, you know, I, it's probably some, uh, something that I would like to forget about. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it's, it all happens, uh, uh, but I, I, I did feel, uh, you know, that initial rush of being in control, which I guess is what keeps most dominatrixes going. Did the sub during that first time know that it was your first time doing that? Um, 
I mean, it was, um, I did have, you know, some practice and trial ones. So that was my first official solo debut, if you can call it that way. Um, and no, I, I always tried to put up a brave front uh, <laughs> and tried to look as if I knew what I was doing. Definitely. Play the part, I get it. <laughs> and so how did you, how did you like get your name out there that this, like you were dominating, how did you bring in uh those subs um as any other professionals do uh the internet <laughs> advertising um of course it's a it's very conservative here in Asia, so um mm-hmm. uh, most of it's quite low-key but i would say that um you know if people uh do are looking for bdsm or, or fetish related play uh, they they would kind of know the areas of the internet to look for and when you came out to that, uh, came out to your friends and family that this was what you were going to do, how did they react, or do they still not know about that? That's a very good question. Um, actually, uh, I I think my family doesn't know exactly what I do. Um, some of my friends know, but uh, I think it's uh, because we're especially conservative here. It's a little mm-hmm. hard to come out to our vanilla friends. Um, but for my parents, they've seen almost everything, uh, all my equipment and um, strange costumes. Um, so frankly, I think they're they are just trying to ignore it at this point. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, they're, so they're, just, they're just dealing with it, but if you're happy, they're happy. Yeah, it's kind of like a silent disapproval thing. It's very Asian. Yeah, so um, I think it's, it's great actually that um, they have not... Um, come out directly uh, in opposition to it but mm. um i think my mom knows that um some um mostly about you know um bdsm related activities and stuff that I'm doing, but um i don't think she knows like what's going on I, um once i think she even told me to like not not to damage any internal organs or anything so i think she, <laughs> she was worried that it was um i, I was getting all the hurt laid on on myself oh, instead okay. of the other way around <laughs> oh, using all the equipment on yourself. I have a question about that. Have you ever tried to be a sub? Have you tried that role before? Um, I actually have. Um, just to, uh, I think it's important to feel uh, what the other side feels. And um, when I get new equipment, I do always test it on myself. Um, but uh, I would say that I think it's not in my nature to be a sub. Like, I find... Um, I, I don't find much pleasure in uh, giving up that control. If anything, it's more like a clinical observation kind of feeling. It's, it's just for like a clinical trial. Since you started a year and a half ago, how many subs do you think you've had? Um, lots, probably in the hundreds by now. Do you, do you have anyone that, that constantly keeps returning back to you to try different things? Uh, definitely. Um, I, I would say... Uh, for those, we have developed uh, a deeper uh, BDSM relationship mm. rather than just uh, having um, a hot lady for an hour dominating you. So uh, for those subs whom I see regularly and have, um, I, um, we tend to pursue a deeper relationship, I, I do uh, give them tasks and um, you know, um, and explore different things with them to to deepen it even on the on a day-to-day basis. We did want to go and ask, what are your personal favorite fetishes? This is actually um, a little difficult to answer because for me, I don't think I am 
particularly turned on by a single physical activity. For me, it's uh, a lot about um, the emotions. So uh, I personally really enjoy fear. Um, and I like to uh, incite fear in poor, hapless men. And that makes me sound like a emotional sadist, which I probably have. <laughs> We like when yeah, this is going. So, um, yeah, so uh, I, I would say that it's probably not any physical thing. Like some, some people really like whipping people um, or electrocuting people. But for me, it's all about that look in their eyes and the quiver in fear as they um, await whatever's coming next. All right. You just gave us a deep visual there. <laughs> I'm trying to picture this going on. <laughs> I did come across one of the um, fetishes on your website that you listed. Can you tell us more about sounding? I honestly don't know anything about that. Like I looked at everything else. I was like, okay, I've heard of these, but what is sounding? Ah, okay. So that's actually uh, something uh, new that I've just, um, I, I've just felt like I've become skilled enough at to offer professionally. Um, it's basically the practice of sticking things down your urethra, which is the pee hole. Okay. It, um, it's actually been around for quite a while, but um, I think in recent years, it's been gaining popularity and uh, more prominence. Um, it still sounds very freaky to most people, I would say. Is that true for you? Yeah, as soon as you just mentioned what it was, I kind of literally just grabbed myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a very common reaction. Um, but um, so there are, uh, in general, I would say there are two schools of thought. Um, the first school of thought is that, you know, they, um, people like the idea of being violated somewhere very, very private and, uh, you know, potentially uh, risky if you don't know how to do it properly. So that's really placing a trust in the other person's hands. Mm. Um, so it's that surrender that they enjoy, not the physical sensation of it per se. But then there, there are also um, others who enjoy the physical sensation, so it feels good. I've never experienced that, uh, so I can't tell you how how it feels. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm 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 still I'm still kind of reeling over that one right now. <laughs> Sounds a little painful, but some people love that. Yeah, but but I mean, I'm I'm sure you've heard stories in um, emergency rooms of people sticking random things down there. Oh yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that's where something comes from, I suppose. Now that brings me to another question that I didn't even have written down. It just came to me. Has anybody ever suffered any physical harm while being your sub? Have you ever had to stop something because there was something that wasn't right? Um, nothing majorly. Uh, I always try to take safety precautions. And I actually feel that I'm on the more conservative side. So uh, I, I try to err on the side of caution rather than you know, play risky all the way. Um, so I always do watch out for safety, uh, and um, by by not getting carried away so far, I haven't had any accidents, which I'm happy about, and I hope to keep it that that way. Yes, we hope so too. <laughs> so is that is it like something that you have like before you get started? Is it is it a conversation that you have with the sub that says you know if it does get to this point, you know, I will stop and you know we'll seek that attention, or is it just they're just going in and if it happens it happens um i'm sure that uh, a lot of subs if they are into very uh, uh riskier fetishes they are aware of some of the risks associated with it okay. um so it's a uh, yeah uh, but we also always use a safe word and um for subs uh, 
month I'm doing riskier fetishes with or whom I do not uh, know how to meet very well yet, I will always give them a yellow safe word, which is to uh, alert me that they are uh, reaching some kind of limit or they are starting to feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, if they use that uh, the, the, the uh, yellow safe word, I would definitely pull back a little and let them uh, have a breather. Um, but honestly, I try not to get to that point even, and I try to uh, read their body language, which is not always easy, uh, but, I, but I do try, so that they, they don't feel, uh, you know, like threatened or have their lives in danger. Mm, okay, so so you so you just you just make sure you under, they understand that you know obviously you know you will respect that as far as you know if they use that safe word. Okay. Yes, um, and also I think for some uh, new newbies, um, sometimes they have extreme fantasies but have not experienced it in real life. You know how um, everything sounds better in your head than when you're actually doing it. Um, I always try to uh, counsel them beforehand if I think something is very extreme for the experience level, um, just to alert them to the dangers which they may not have considered up to that point. Do you do you have a a particular fetish that you get the most requests for? Um, probably uh, foot fetishes and anal play. I would say mm -hmm. those are about the top two. And and how long? So is there is there a particular time limit for how long each one of these sessions lasts, or do they have to you know pay more to get longer, or can they also do like multiple fetishes in like a session? Of course. Uh, so each sometimes if you are looking for more lifestyle kind of uh, uh, or slightly uh, longer, for example, for entire day sessions, then mm. uh, plan it accordingly. And uh, mostly each uh, session involve uh, quite a few of the fetishes, depending on how many they have. In fact, I've actually um, suggested a reduction in session time for those people who might feel do not have too many fetishes to explore. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so I would say that um, interest in the session to, to me is also as important as their enjoyment. That makes sense. Uh, because if it's a very long and boring session, it's not very enjoyable for me either. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> all about the pleasure, yeah. Um, you mentioned electroplate earlier. I'm very intrigued about that. So that's actually when I was going through the website that you have and looking through the fetishes. That one really catches my attention. How does that usually um, go down in a scenario? What do you use? Um, so there are a couple of uh, different uh, ways to use electricity. It could be more sensual. It could be more, uh, you know, a sexy kind of feeling. Uh, an erotic kind of feeling, and, or it could be used as torture, which of course some people enjoy being tortured. Um, so on the more sensual side, um, uh, there are attachments and uh, various uh, units. Um, some of the more commonly available ones are like TENS unit or the electro wand, which you can uh, buy online on Amazon quite easily. And for, uh, for those, um, they, um, it could be like a, 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 they have different attachments that let you, both you and the partner feel that current between you and if it's a small enough current, it can feel very pleasant and can excite your nerves and make it feel very sexy. So it could be like an addition to like a ball, ball play, for example. Or um, the other side is if you, if you ramp it up and you put it in very sensitive areas, um, or make it into a very sharp stabbing kind of pain. Sorry, there's a lot of aeroplanes here. I, I don't know why. Oh, no, you're fine. I'm not sure if you can hear them. 
Yeah, um, so uh, continuing on, uh, it could be used as a, as a torture equipment to really tie them up and make them scream from the depths. Is that, is that the one where you, you see the most fear? Um, not really, <laughs> because everyone has different tolerance for, for different things actually. So uh, some of the more experienced ones, I have been scared to turn up my unit further. So... So I like I said. So I know you have said. Have you ever have you ever had someone who's come up to you and they're like it's their first is their very first time? Do you have any particular one that you suggest they start off with first for them being their first time interacting with you, or you just let them choose whichever they're already accustomed to or wanting to try? Um, uh, definitely for the newbies. Uh, most people come to me with some sort of idea in their heads, mm. but uh, I would usually. Uh, recommend some of the softer things just to try out and have a complete uh, picture of you know the, the different things the different fe uh, fetishes available in BDSM because um, many people do develop in their fetishes over the course of exploring BDSM they, they, they find new things that they enjoy or they uh, try new things that they've never thought was enjoyable before does being a dominatrix complicate any relationships for you um, definitely um, because uh, it does involve a lot of uh, emotional intimacy mm -hmm. and um, to, to some extent more physical intimacy than most normal jobs. Uh, I see lots of naked men every day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it does um, put us uh, a, a, a bit of a twist on uh, normal relationships. Um, I would say that, you know, it's not, it's, it's difficult to date uh, a woman or an average man uh, who is in some kind of like a sex related work. But, but it's uh, it's also uh, um, probably more difficult because of all the difference in the BDSM relationships versus normal relationships. Mm -hmm. So uh, there might be, like a BDSM relationship might be a cause for jealousy for some. Um, I actually have just a curious question, really. And so whenever you talk to your subs, do you actually have them uh, respond to you by saying like, yes, mistress, or... Or ma'am, like, do you have a way that they have to respond to you if you ask them particular questions? Um, I would say that I'm not uh, very big on all these protocol. Um, mm. So I don't always require them to say, to, to respond in that way. Um, I also enjoy having normal conversations with uh, people, uh, with, with myself, just as normal people. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think if I am... Uh, instructing them to do something, uh, it would be proper decorum to you know, address me as such. Yes. Okay. Okay. I, I was just curious because I know, like I said, most of the times whenever you, you think about a dominatrix is whenever, you know, they, they tell them something, they have to say, yes, mistress, or yes, my queen, or something. Yes. Like they respond in that type <laughs> of manner. I, just, I actually just wanted to hear directly from a real one to, to tell me that, okay, is if that it true? doesn't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It clarifies that for me. It could get um, it could get a bit tiring at times. I mm -hmm. guess. I mean, if I ask, like, have you um, did you shower today? Like, they could just say yes. It's not a. Oh okay. <laughs> it's not that uh, that kind of question, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you separate your personal life from your life as a dominatrix? It's quite difficult, I think. Um, uh, since I started, I dated a couple of subs and. So I would say that it's quite mixed up right now. <laughs> I was just going to ask too, in a dating environment, do you feel like you intimidate men? Um, I definitely do because I, I, I tend to be uh, very bossy in real life as well. And um, 
and I'm very strong-willed and stubborn. Um, so even for normal men who have no interest in BDSM whatsoever, they'll, they'll probably find it a bit uh, difficult to handle me as a normal girlfriend. So it's still a little bit of a challenge then to separate the personal life from your life as a dominatrix? Yeah, I mean, I guess um, I've always been very, I've always been very bossy in real life as well. Mm. So it's not that much different. <laughs> and just going back to what you said about it, complicating relationships. Um, have you mm. been in a relationship where you told them, this is what I do? And what was their reaction? Definitely. So um, my, my longtime boyfriend um, is a totally normal guy. And I've dated him since before I started. And, um, and they're still together. Um, and I think it, it did take quite a long time for him to really accept it. Um, I think even now he doesn't really understand it fully, but I think he does try to uh, accept it. But I wouldn't blame uh, men for freaking out, honestly. So in, in a sense like that, so with, with your, your boyfriend, do you feel that you never, in a sense, take work home with you? So you never really do anything like that with him in at home, or is it just you guys have a completely different sex life? I would say that my sex, my personal sex life, is quite uh, vanilla in that sense. Um, but I have found that you no, know, um, you do sometimes bring the mentality of work home. Mm -hmm. So I have found myself occasionally, um, you know, doing things I probably wouldn't have done a few years ago. Like uh, I think one time I accidentally slapped him playfully and he <laughs> felt rather insulted. So <laughs> you're like, sorry, that was the character, so, that was yeah, Estella. <laughs> it does happen. It does happen. Yeah. We were actually going to ask that too, so I know that we went over just to give you an idea of what questions we would ask. And one of the ones that I was curious about was your personal sex life. If you prefer it to be just vanilla sex, or if you like to explore new fetishes. Um, I I. I think that sex is uh, really about, you know, the meeting of two minds and two people. Mm -hmm. So I don't necessarily need to explore new fetishes with sex. Um, but, but then I presume that if I've been with the same guy for maybe like five or ten years, things might get a bit boring and I might, might want to introduce new stuff once in a while. Mm -hmm. Spice um, it up, yep. Yeah, spice it up, which I think is really the, the benefit of BDSM to most people, that, um, a safe... Uh, a consensual environment to spice it up a little bit. Uh, but for now, I think I'm quite happy. Who knows what will happen in the future. Was there was there any type of request that you have ever received from a sub where you were like, no, I I'm, I don't want to do that? Um, well, I've never personally received that, but I've had a friend who told me, uh, you know, some of the requests they received, and I've definitely gone like, okay, I'm not sure I could do that. <laughs> So one that happened very recently was um, I found like this this bag of uh, metal skewers, like the kind you used to grill stuff on, I suppose, um, mm -hmm. in her in in her dungeon area. And I asked her what it's for, and she said that oh, some very hardcore ball torture guy wanted her to stick the skewers into his ball sack. Whoa! So that Whoa. yeah, so that kind of. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking that if he came to look for me, would I be able to do it? And uh, I'm not sure, honestly. Yeah, mm. I just think of puncture wounds. Ooh. Yeah, that's, no. <laughs> that's, ooh. Did, did, she, you, did she do it? I am not sure. I should ask her. <laughs> should I? <laughs> 
So when you think of so when so when you we were looking on your website and like say you have a list of fetishes that you you do and and the fantasies that you you fulfill for your subs, um, how do you are there some of them that you just you just happen to just be like I don't know in the middle of the night and you just come up with oh I should try that and see if you know there'll be something I can offer to do or that'd be something I'd be willing to try on a sub. Um, sorry, as in um, something and. The- a like, new idea that comes to me, like yeah, like how you want to incorporate it into into your persona. Um, I think that the activities themselves are quite set in stone. Like there's only so many ways you can spit on someone, for example. But yeah. <laughs> um, it's more about how you execute them in a scenario. So um, one thing I pride myself in doing is to come up with very creative ways that take um, that that brings the unexpected to the scene. So, for example, I um, you, know, you can only spit in so many ways, but you can spit on on different things, and you can uh, you can spit it in a sexy way or or a commanding way. And um, sometimes when I do walk around and I see certain interesting ideas, I do incorporate them into uh, play. So one thing I uh, one thing that I saw or I thought of recently was if you bought a certain few items at a grocery store t- uh, together, it would seem very suspicious, like. Um, Cucumber and I was just gonna say that. And condoms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so that is is like um that that could could be something um that is quite interesting for scene for example. Yeah, I was just wondering if, if if these were just like ideas that just came to you, but like you say, you just put the spin on what you already offer and just try creative ways. To... Yes. Okay. Yes. So how long do you see yourself being a dominatrix? For now, I, I don't have any uh, so-called retirement date in mind. Uh, I think it's important to enjoy what you do, and I do enjoy it, which is why I feel that it could be um, it's it's something that uh, fulfills me emotionally as well to some degree. Awesome. That's what life is about, though. You know, trying to find something that you're passionate about, and this is obviously something yes. that you are passionate about. What keeps that passion in you? Being a dominatrix, how do you find that passion still? Um, I think definitely uh, when I see uh, someone uh, uh, discovering their submissive nature or, or you know, having a, an amazing experience and then uh, feeling cathartic afterwards, I think that the process of healing, of uh, discovering oneself, that's really very uh, inspiring to me. And the fact that I had a part to play in that or, uh, or maybe I was the direct reason for that, it's, um, it's quite heartwarming. I was just going to say too, so I know that you put on the role as the mistress, well, Mistress Estella, as the dominatrix, but when you get comments, so I've seen some people leave comments on your website about what a great time they had with you and how you opened up their mind to different uh, fetishes. Does that give you a sense of fulfillment personally? It does because um, I think, especially in Asia, it's a lot more repressed and a lot of people. Uh, to, to a lot of people, it's it's a very taboo thing, and people hide around their wives and their their, their family. Um, so in front of me, um, it's the only place that they can fully who who they are, if this is who they are, and um, that is um, I feel that it's quite a vulnerable uh, exposing of your true nature. What so what is like your your typical like what do you, what would you consider a busy day like how many on average, how many subs do you normally deal with during the day? So I used to have a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, balancing the two was pretty difficult. Uh, so mm-hmm. Right now, I'm in between um, corporate jobs. Mm-hmm. So I have a bit more time. 
previously, I, I on average, I would do maybe about 7 hours to 10 hours a week, which could be, be anything from like, you know, 3 or 4 subs to 7 or 10 of them. Okay. Depending on how, how long each session lasts for. Mm-hmm. So right now, it's probably about 2 or 3 a day. Yeah. Okay, so oh, you're okay. spacing it out. Okay. I, I didn't know if it was like a like a full, like, you know, like you were saying, you were saying like the, you know, the 10 hours a week. I thought you were talking, you were going to say something like 10 hours a day. I was like, wow. <laughs> That's a long oh, time. Oh, no, no, no. I, 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 I couldn't do that. It's actually quite physically draining and emotionally draining. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I do put a cap on how, how much I do a day. I'm sorry. I was, like, was going to say, have any of your subs ever sent you like gifts after like, after having sessions with you, like they sent you. I don't know, like flowers, a gift card, you know, just just something to say thank you, or or just because you really made that big of an impact on them. A lot of them do actually, and uh, I think it's quite sweet of them. Um, uh, sometimes they they bring gifts along to the sessions, um, mm-hmm. so I I really do appreciate all of it, and I do appreciate that they see me as more than just you know something to get off to, and uh, they they do appreciate uh, how I am and. Uh, who I am and what I do. That's that's really good that they show that appreciation because, like you said, I'm pretty sure for one, like you said, being in the in the Asian culture, and you know, like I said, it's kind of real, real hush hush as far as exploring your sexuality and expressing it. I think it's really good that they actually, you know, show the appreciation because I'm pretty sure um, with everything that you do, you do open up a lot of eyes and minds and have them wanting to, you know, experience. And, a whole bunch of different levels of sexuality. So I think that's really cool that they they show you that kind of appreciation for you. Not all of them do, but the, the nice ones, the one that I remember, um, mm. yeah, that's uh, really sweet of them. Yeah. Yeah, that really is. I have another question. Were you nervous to come out as a dominatrix because you stated that in Asia the culture suppresses the uh, sexuality that a woman can basically bear out to the public was that something that was nerve-wracking to do um that's why um all my pictures and everything are still censored mm. <laughs> because uh i i i do think that um, in asia especially uh, stigma is uh, higher than in the west um so i i i would be quite careful especially since i do still want to have uh, a career a life outside of just uh, the dominatrix work mm. um um, I and I do think that uh, we face a lot of flack uh, uh, when we come out from some men who speak uh, ill, say nasty things about us, uh, about how we just like to treat men like shit and things like that. So I uh, I guess it's quite normal. But um, in Asia, uh, when things are like on the internet, we have this term in Singapore called keyboard warriors, where they uh, like to. Uh, like trolls basically and, and, and uh, under the guise of anonymity they like to bash others online who they don't understand yeah yeah that's that's something we have a ton here yeah, in america i mean it's, it's almost everywhere it's keyboard warriors and the reason why is we we get a joy out of it because we know that it's just all you're doing is you're just talking and feeling safe behind a computer which is if that's where your safe spot spot is that's cool because we know people won't ever say anything like this to your face because they are completely intimidated by it. Have you had anybody yes. actually? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 no. Sorry, uh, you were saying. 
I was just going to ask, have you actually had anybody come up to you personally and degrade you for being a dominatrix? Um, no, uh, I have not really been recognized on the street. Um, I mean, I, I do dress like a normal person, I hope, outside, <laughs> so I don't, I don't think anyone can tell. Um, so I, I haven't had such an experience that would not be very pleasant. But mm. I have had a couple of stalkers, um, mm. you know, kind of send me uh, information they've dug out about me. And it's not very pleasant, but I guess it all comes with the territory. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry about that part of it, negative part. I am glad, though, however, that you feel that sense of fulfillment. And to me, that's the most important thing, that you have a passion in what you're doing. And very rarely people have that passion, you know. Mm -hmm. That is actually really good. Um, Do you have any plans of doing anything, like, international, like going to, like, any kind of, like, conventions or, you know, just trying trying it some in some place new outside of Singapore. Uh, I did tour a couple of times. I've been to Kuala Lumpur and uh, Jakarta. Okay. Um, those places are even more repressed than Singapore. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, um, it, it it was a bit scary on the safety front. You know, you never know if um, the law enforcement or the uh, immigration is going to buy you or something. Um, mm-hmm. But. I, I, I do see that the people there are very um, enthusiastic about uh, domination because they've not um, experienced it and there's not many avenues to experience it locally. Um, other than that, I, I would love to uh, travel a bit further to take domination, uh, my style of domination, uh, a little bit further overseas, but um, I'll probably have to plan some fancy things uh, in the future. <laughs> So you're mentioning overseas. So, is is it just to say you would try to want to do something like America or like Australia, like anything like that? Yeah, I, I would love to go to America and Australia, mm-hmm. um, but probably uh, it's uh, because it's so far away. Uh, I would have to plan it carefully. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, plan it and then get it set up, and because I'm pretty sure you will have nothing short of clients out here. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's very sweet of you. Uh, I I haven't um, tried America yet, so mm. we'll see if your prediction comes true. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I I think you would you would have a great time, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people out here would definitely want to have that time with you, especially because out here it's a lot of people are really fascinated with Asian culture. I mean, for me, mm. I can say myself too. I mean, I have you know kanji tattoos on my arms, so it's. It's something like that. I think that's one of the secret fetishes of America. It's, they're very fascinated with Asian culture. And I think that something like this would be something that would just really kind of, how, how they say, tickle the fancy out here. Okay. That, that could, uh, could be an avenue for me to explore that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we did want to go ahead and ask, where can people find you or contact you for your services? Uh, if you didn't mind throwing that out there. Um, I have my website and I do have my Twitter account, um, which I do post on regularly. It's uh, mistressestella.com and uh, my Twitter handle is mistressestella. So those are the two main platforms that I use. And we wanted to go ahead and thank you for taking the time to go ahead and come on to our podcast with us. We really appreciate you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Certainly. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you for sharing a, a lot of it. And, you know, because like I said, I mean, I'm I'm still kind of reeling over 
uh, some of the uh, fetishes that you do. Just not sounding. my thing. Sounding is like, yeah, sounding is still something that I'm still like, Ooh. but uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just, I mean, hats off to you. I mean, everything that you do, like I said, and, and it's great that, you know, you're, you're very passionate about it and that you, that's something you want to continue to go through. So that's, I think that's awesome. Yes, we do. Thank you. Of course. Well, we were going to say goodnight, but we realize it is the morning there. So we hope that you have an awesome day. And thank you for taking thank the time. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Hush Podcast. Make sure to find us on Podbean, Red Dragons Radio, Google Play Music, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, thehushpodcast.com, our Facebook, our Instagram, and our Twitter page.